This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I'm so excited to speak with Kelly Duhigg, who is a digital nomad blogger and the founder of Girl with a Passport. Her blog highlights all the incredible trips she has done as a solo traveler. Kelly always thought about traveling the world, but didn't take the plunge until she faced a tragedy when her mom passed away and she witnessed her regrets for not traveling before her death. Kelly knew there was more to life than just living for the weekends and didn't want to have the same regrets as her mother. So she left her 9 to 5 and began her journey as a digital nomad blogger. Today, Kelly runs a successful travel blog that allows her to see the world and live out the dreams that she and her mother shared. Listen on to find out how to survive and thrive as a travel blogger with Kelly. Today, I'm here with Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? So, Kelly was nice enough to join me at a diner and we just had breakfast. It was delicious. Yeah, she's going to talk to us a lot about her tips and tricks on how to become and survive as a travel blogger. So, Kelly, before we get to all of the nitty gritty stuff, Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, sure. So like most of us, I started off with, you know, your regular nine to five job. With me, it was more like, you know, nine to like seven. Um, (laughs) And it got it got very overwhelming. I started off as a uh, nanny and I basically just lost my passion for it and I felt burnt out and I wanted to travel more. So I just decided I was like, I need to do something for myself. I need to make a change. And I started working on my travel blog and I had always loved traveling and I always wanted to travel more. So I just decided, all right, let's see how this goes. And initially I didn't really think that it would manifest into a business. I just didn't see how that would be possible. But I basically honed my skills. I worked a lot with social media and I just started writing a lot and doing a lot with Google. And before I knew it, I could actually make a significant income. And um, I was able to leave my you know, regular nine to five job and uh, start working for myself. You know, I haven't reached the point where, you know, I'm making a ton of money yet, but I definitely am making a solid income. And, you know, I just like working for myself and having my own hours and doing what I love every single day, you know, not looking at every minute and dreading it or like looking at the clock Sunday and being like, oh my <laughs> God, I have to go to work. Why? Dreading Mondays, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like, like just just like hating your job and like just like counting the minutes until you can leave because it's not like that was travel blogging so when you first started to think about actually making this into full-time work and your business and what you really wanted to do what was the first steps that you took in order to realize that dream so one of my life mottos and this is so ridiculous but (laughs) it's basically like if you throw enough spaghetti on the wall something is gonna stick so I am a big proponent of like diversifying trying like 20,000 different things and seeing what works so I've done 
almost, not everything, but almost everything. Like I've sold products. Um, I've done consulting on the side. I've done travel bloggings. I've done freelance writing. So I've basically done like anything and everything. And I kind of wanted to figure out what would be like the most significant revenue streams for me. And then I kind of just weeded them down into the things that were successful and the things that weren't and just focused more heavily on honing my skills for the things that were successful. So for me, a lot of it is consulting. I do SEO consulting as well as Pinterest consulting. And then I realized that I could make money off my blog. So I focused a lot on monetization, you know, through ads as well as affiliate marketing. And so I really focused on that as well as email marketing. I found that to be really helpful. So I just kind of focused on the things that I did well and just tried to do them even better. It's really hard for somebody who's just starting out to get into this type of industry and not feel overwhelmed because there's so much that you have to learn. Absolutely. And then when you, even right now, you're in this for how long now? Around two years? Yeah, a little over two years. There's still so much that you feel like you need to do. So you're an expert in Pinterest and SEL, but now there's a social media that you need to do, or there's more different techniques in SEO or even in Pinterest that you have to learn every single day. How do you avoid the shiny object syndrome (laughs) when you're in this industry and there's always someone coming up with new techniques? So basically what I do is I try and like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of it is like the novelty of something new. Like you said, like shiny ball, you know, it's like, ooh, shiny. It's so new and it's exciting and everyone's talking about it. And like my general rule of thumb is I give it a month or two. And if it still feels like whatever new platform or new technique is really important, then I'll really invest the time. Otherwise, I just focus on the things that have done really well for me. So like two of the things I always focus on or Google SEO really optimizing my content so that it'll perform well on Google and like really researching that always like trying to stay up to date and then the other thing that I focus on is Pinterest I've proven to myself that I'm really good at Pinterest so I basically I think to do that I basically just try and focus on optimizing for keywords and changing my images around and and reformatting them and basically looking at how I can appeal to my audience because I think a lot of it is to be a successful blogger is not on what you want to do but what your audience is looking for so it's really important to write for them and to know what they want from you so that's one of my other tricks as well. It's a really common mistake for all of us when we first start this is that we want to write what we want to write and everything is so exciting and we were talking about this before we did the interview, you wanted to do more like a narrative of you know, your life and your travels and then you realize that no one's interested in it and you're not getting any (laughs) traffic. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not as interesting as I think I am. And it's it's kind of a weird thing sometimes because you feel like you're not really doing what you truly want to do. But then at the end of the day, it is allowing you to do what you want to do with your life. You know, you're able to be anywhere you want. You're able to work at doing what you love and get paid for it. So that's a pretty amazing. And I get to meet amazing people like you. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the best things really about this industry is that you get to meet so many interesting people and you also learn so much from them. And again, more techniques, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, and very marketable skills, especially in the job market today. But I think, um, you know, to kind of bridge 
bridge that gap between what I want to write and what my audience wants to read. I infuse a lot of my own personality in what I write about and I think that that's kind of a good compromise and it still keeps it fun. I use my ridiculous sense of humor. I <laughs> use like the lamest puns on the planet. You know, I, I make the silliest jokes, but like it allows me to still have fun with it while still writing something like, like I was saying before. I mean, do I particularly want to write a carry-on bag blog? No. <laughs> That's kind of kind of dull to me. But by infusing my own personality, it makes it fun for my readers as well as for me. I can kind of satisfy both needs. That's a really good combination of putting yourself into your work without having to compromise everything. Right. Uh, not everything is perfect, and we think if you finally leave the 9 to 5 that you hate, you're always going to be doing everything that you love. Well, right. folks, it's not reality. You have to sacrifice certain things, but I feel like it's all worth it. You know, It's worth it for what you're getting in exchange for the life that you really want to live. It's all about compromise and you really have to invest the time like I think a big mistake that people make is when they get involved in this industry I think they underestimate how much work it is and I think that they underestimate how much time it will take for them to get successful and for you know implementing these strategies to really take effect and I think like with most things in life it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of time investment but if it's something that you really love to do it is always worth it yeah you know like there are some times where I'm like why did I get into this like I can't believe this <laughs> but like nine times out of ten I wouldn't be doing anything else like I love to travel I love meeting other people I love meeting people who think like me and uh, you know and I also just love being able to work for myself and doing what I love and sometimes I love it too much because <laughs> I have it's like oh I have to turn this off oh I, I don't need to answer this one more email oh I don't need to you know write this post so that my blog will be successful it's like will my blog fall apart if I don't do 10 more minutes of work probably not again finding that balance and not overworking yourself to a point where you don't leave your house anymore <laughs> you're always in your pjs and you're just stuck there and you haven't left or even showered for like days yeah you see the sunlight and you're like my eyes what's going on know. you know and your skin is like ah so you have done so many different things. What has been the most effective marketing strategy that you've done with your blog that has really worked for you? I definitely think one marketing strategy that I think is underutilized by bloggers especially is uh, email marketing. For me, those are the people that are most interested in my blog. And I feel like a lot of bloggers are really... I don't know. I feel like they don't want to bother their readers, you mm -hmm. know, but like the reality is, is this person signed up for your email list. Like that means that they really enjoy what you do. And I think that that's just a really untapped, you know, area of marketing with a lot of potential. The other thing too is that like social media platforms, they change so quickly. And like, I always think it's wise to have a backup strategy just in case, you know, the algorithm changes significantly, like your traffic goes down. Like you always have this solid base of readers who are like, you know, your cheerleaders. They're like, oh yeah, I love you. Like I gave you my email address. Like it's really serious now. I just think that that's really important. I mean, there are a whole bunch of tools obviously to use, but I think those are like your core, like, you know, fangirls and guys if you will you know you're like blogger groupies who are like yes we love you what has been your strategy to actually get people to sign up for your emails 
usually I offer a freebie of some kind. It depends on the article. Sometimes I'll diversify the freebie. So like if it's a New York City article, I'll make it like, you know, tips and tricks about New York. Like if you sign up, like you get, you know, this, you know, free copy of this free New York guide. Um, and it just really depends on the article and the type of audience that what they're reading. And I kind of tailor it to them so that I can appeal to a wide range of people um, and I think that that's been really helpful. Um, I tend to stay away from pop-ups just because I personally don't enjoy them as a reader. I also find that with the new you know policy pop-ups you know the cookie notification I don't want to bombard my readers with pop-ups but I also kind of I give myself reasonable expectations. I don't have a million subscribers but you know the ones I do have are very solid mm -hmm. and they stick around and you know they're always interested in my content and I always share that with them and I think another really good guide is that you know once you have your email list to continually email them you know mm -hmm. to keep them engaged and curious about what you're doing keep it fun you know try to show them that you're on other social media platforms and because the more they hear from you the more they're going to want to hear from you it's not like this like oh who's this this must be spam yeah. you know they know who you are and they expect it from you within reason obviously you don't want to you know email them every day <laughs> and be like hi did you miss me you know it's a, it's a bit over the top just enough that they'll miss you but not too much that you're stalking them exactly <laughs> low-key stalking them obviously on social media you've gone through a lot already trying to create this lifestyle and this blog what has been the biggest setback that you've ever encountered the biggest setback has definitely been time. I kind of left my job in September. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just like assumed that within like a month or two, like everything would be peaches and cream. <laughs> and the reality is, is that that's not the case. Like it does take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so while I am seeing significant increases in growth in my blog, um, it's definitely taken me longer. And I think that the other thing too, is that um, I also do consulting as I've mentioned. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, you constantly have to advertise, you constantly have to gain new new customers, you know, new clients. And I think that I didn't realize how difficult that would be, you know, and I also didn't realize how saturated the consulting market is mm -hmm. and that you're competing with a lot of different people and a lot of people who may undercut you in terms of like rates and stuff like that. So I think that those are two challenges that I didn't really anticipate. If I had any advice for someone, I would say like, definitely make sure you have a solid base, like a fund, you know, like you have a solid uh, amount of savings because Unless your blog is already doing really well, it's going to take a little while for you to kind of recuperate, you know, income that you've lost by switching. So I think that that is something that, you know, has definitely been a challenge because we live in New York and it's not easy to live here. Yeah, Kelly and I were talking about that and it's so expensive to live here. Just the rents alone are enormous. And I think especially if you don't have any savings at all and you also have debt, yeah. It is not a good idea to leave your day job unless, like you said, you're already making a significant amount of money on it mm -hmm. because you're going to end up going back to that day job yeah. in like the next few months or even sooner. Or like healthcare, you mm -hmm. know, like that's something like it's really expensive if you have to pay for that out of pocket. So yeah. unless you're making a significant amount of money, it might be wiser to stay with your day job, which provides you healthcare until, you know, you get to that point. Yeah, and it, it gives you a good amount of security while 
also being able to work on your blog and if you have a lot of debt, if you don't have any savings, if you really need that health care. We're not trying to dissuade you, but (laughs) I mean, we both do this for a reason. We love it so much, but I think that not enough people really understand or even know how long it actually takes to make this work. And also not to mention that, like, you just need to be practical. Yeah, it's great to follow your dreams, but, like, you still got to pay your bills, you know? Like, (laughs) I don't think my student loan providers would be like, oh, uh, smiles, hugs, and sunshine? Oh, yeah, we'll accept payment in that. Like, (laughs) no, not so much. Like, I still have to pay my bills. I can't be like, oh, I'll just frolic through, you know, tulip fields in Amsterdam, (laughs) and that'll pay my bills, and everything will work out. Like, you know, you do have to be practical, and you have to be a grown-up. You know, and you really have to consider your situation and look at the pros and cons and, and really think about things before you just swan dive into the pool of awesomeness that is blogging. <laughs> so talking about giving advice and getting advice, have you ever had, what was your worst advice that you've ever gotten from somebody? Okay, this is terrible. Sorry, Dad, I love you. But my parents, as misguided as they were, um, I was actually an environmental science major in college, and I did that mostly for them not for me. So I think one of the, maybe not worse, but just like, you know, not most stellar, (laughs) if that's like nicer, (laughs) is just, you know, like doing something that'll pay the bills, like doing something that I wasn't passionate about. And it was like a struggle to do it. Like I'm the type of person where if I love something, I'll do it and like, I'll do anything to be successful and I won't stop. But when I'm not passionate about something, it's like, I'm I'm struggling tooth and nail. Like I don't want to do it. Like I'll do anything else. I think one of the the worst pieces of advice definitely is like you know just to to do something because you want that security you want to work for the government you want to have government holidays and I was like yeah but I also don't want to sell my soul to the devil you know (laughs) not to mention this is also coming from this the same person who is like yeah you're going to Tokyo you're gonna get sold into sex slave trade and I was like okay dad simmer down I don't think so he's like no mark my words I was like but you're still alive. I'm still alive. That did not happen. Anyone going to Tokyo, it's a beautiful city, and there's no one, like, waiting to pounce on you. My dad is just overprotective. <laughs> it's that less than 1% that he's talking about. It's, like, not even. It's, like, point zero 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 percent He's, like, he, did, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's, like, oh, hey, I love you. That's, like, the translation, you know? Like, don't die. <laughs> he's showing in other ways that he cares. Exactly. Exactly. It's all to do with love it's all love so kelly how did you create income from the start and how do you continue creating income today with your blog i'm not gonna lie from when i started i had no clue what i was doing i didn't know what seo was pinterest i was like i didn't know what to do so i didn't start making income until like after the first year the first year it was mostly about you know, just honing my skills, learning how to do SEO, creating solid uh, streams of traffic so that I could generate a significant amount of income. Because I feel like with blogging, you really need to have volume because you're not going to make that much money per person. But if you have a huge pool of people, you'll eventually get enough income to survive and thrive. And I think that one of my strategies was learning how to use Google and Pinterest to drive traffic. 
And once I had that solid traffic stream, it was implementing affiliate marketing as a supplement to your ad revenue. And I think that that's been really significant. And also looking at my audience and like advertising products that they actually want. A good example is like my audience is generally 24 year old to 34 year old women who are pretty much like me, which makes sense. So I'm not going to advertise like a hover around scooter for them, you know, <laughs> like they're really not interested or like adult diapers probably wouldn't be a hit. You know what I mean? So it's like you just kind of have to look at your audience and like really right for them. And I think like honing those skills and like taking the first year to get that knowledge base was really important because then once I had all that established, my traffic would take off very quickly. So, you know, it's just learning those tools and doing them from the beginning. Like, I'm sorry, but going through old posts and like optimizing for Google is a total snooze fest. Like I can't, it's horrible so boring and some of the old posts I wrote were like terrible I was like what was I thinking was I like high when I wrote this like it is horrible so yeah learn from my mistakes don't be like me (laughs) now you talked about advertising so one of them that you use for your site is Mediavine so we know that if you have enough traffic I believe it's what like 25,000 views yeah 25,000 page views a month so then you could apply to Mediavine Now, what about affiliate marketing? How have you been able to implement that into your blog and actually create income from that? I love Amazon. Like I can easily make $50 to $100 a day. (laughs) What I love about Amazon is that when you click, they don't actually have to buy the product you're advertising as long as they purchase that product within that day well not even that product if they purchase anything that day after clicking on your link you get income from that so it's that's a prime example you don't get a high percentage of the cost of the product it's like I don't know how much it is but it's a small percentage but if you have enough volume you can do really well and I a lot of what I do is I create a lot of packing lists I'll create a lot of gift lists I'll create a lot of more affiliate marketing centered posts that'll really generate revenue. Another affiliate that I use that I really love is their um, Aviator USA. They're actually these really awesome travel jeans and they're so comfortable and they have like pockets for days. Like you could (laughs) probably fit a small child in your pocket and it'd be totally fine. I'm kidding. Don't do that guys. But they're amazing because I think the jeans, the jeans are expensive. They're like $110 a pair. But if you sign up for their email list, you actually get 10% off, which is awesome. The thing with affiliate marketing is you get a high percentage. Every pair of jeans I sell, I make $10. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, you don't even have to have that high volume. Like as long as you make one sale a day, that's like a decent, like that's like $300 a month. Yeah. Some of it is volume, but if you don't have the volume, it's looking at affiliates that work well with your audience, you know, things that your audience wants, but also that generate high return for you. You know, like you get a high percentage of the sale. Another really good one is World Nomads Travel Insurance. Mm-hmm. For a $100 policy, I make $10. Oh, wow. Yeah, I found them to be really useful as well. But like with anything, it takes a lot of work to implement, you know, proper and effective affiliate marketing. So, you know, I write a lot of posts. I put a lot of links in there and, you know, from that, a small percentage will be successful and will translate into money. Uh, So it does take a lot of work. You really have to focus on it and commit to that marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? 
honestly, if I had to pick one thing, I just want to be remembered for being a good person and for being helpful to people. And I want people to remember me fondly. And when they think of me, I really want them to be like, oh, I'm really better for having known her. Like she really added something into my life. Like, of course I want to be successful. Of course I want to be able to pay my bills. But like to me, I, that's much more important. You know, I want to have valuable relationships and meaningful relationships. And I think to me, that's definitely the most important legacy that I could have. I don't need to be a millionaire. I'm like totally good. As long as I can pay my bills. Exactly. And all the work it takes to get to that point, honestly, Mm -hmm. someone else can have that. All right. So let's get to some fun questions. Okay. Fantastic. Some people like myself, I love interviewing people like you who are really inspiring and also hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on? Oh my God. Harry Potter. Really? Did that take like five (laughs) seconds? Harry Potter. Yeah. No, I have this app on my phone. It's like the most ridiculous thing. It's like the stupidest game on the planet. But I'm like sitting there. I'm like, pow, 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 spell, spell, spell. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. Like, I don't even like people to see like me using it. I'm like, oh my God. God, I'm so lame. I'm sure there's a lot of people that share that love with you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there is a whole theme park, so I guess I'm not the only one. So now, is there any question that you wish people asked you more of? I don't think so. I mean... Like, I like telling a lot of my backstory, you know, and, like, uh, how I got to this point, kind of what shaped me into the person that I am. And I think a lot of people focus on, like, the blogging and the, you know, the business aspect of it, which is really helpful. But I think sometimes it's nice to, like, really connect with someone and share your story and talk about how you became the person that you became, why travel is so important to you, and, like, why you got involved in, like, travel blogging specifically. So I think that that would probably, because a lot of the questions I get are like specific like travel questions Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes it's nice to like I don't know like share your soul that's why I wanted to like write more narratives you know but unfortunately I'm really not that interesting so (laughs) fail on that well you never know a lot of people may be interested you just don't know (laughs) maybe I have to read my memoir I know write a book (laughs) (laughs) I have to change all the names (laughs) be like all right sorry guys don't want to blast you so now, Kelly, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Girl with the Passport. So, you know, www.girlwiththepassport.com. You can check me out. I reveal more of my backstory. You know, I'll just quickly say that what really got me motivated with travel blogging was my mom actually passed away in 2012. And her life goal was to go to Rome. And mm-hmm. she never got there. And that really inspired me because I didn't want that to be me. Um, You know, I saw the look in her eyes. It was a lot of regret. It was a lot of missed opportunities. Um, It was constantly the thought of if only. And I just didn't want that to be me. So that's a lot of what I did and what you'll find, you know, on my blog and what really motivates me. And uh, I just wanted to inspire and help other women, you know, on their solo travel journeys. And we're going to talk more about traveling solo on your extended interview. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Tuned. Yes. It's going to be riveting. That. Yes, it will be because <laughs> you have a lot of experience in that and it's going to be fun to talk about. So thank you so much, Kelly, for joining me here today for breakfast. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kelly. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Kelly where she shares how to do solo female travel.
Sweet family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.